it seems to me, at least recently, that Mr. Genesis uh, prioritized more his own ideology over representing the, um, the, the, the broader views of the riding. Welcome to the Ballot Box, featuring Aiden Tiro. Welcome back to the Ballot Box. Today, we have Aiden Tiro, the NDP candidate for Fort Saskatchewan, sorry, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan. I want to make sure I get that right for those who are in the riding. Uh, Aiden, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, Aiden, my first question to all the candidates who are running, where's your sense of duty to serve come from? Well, you know, sense of duty, I feel, comes from a few different places. So, of course, I have a lot of that to owe to my family, my upbringing. You know, my parents raised me to be an open-minded guy, uh, you know, think about other folks. Uh, you know, and part of that, I think, has come from my education, too. Uh, you know, just learning more about the world, you know, learning more about what's going on. And, uh, you know, learning that, um, hey, you know, there's... Uh, you don't just have to sit around and complain. You can, uh, if you don't like something, you can uh, do something about it. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's about where, where it comes from. Now, this is your second shot at uh, becoming the next MP for Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan. Why put your name for it once again for that position? And what is it about this election, which let's be honest, we are unsure of when it's going to happen. Quote unquote, <laughs> it's going to happen probably sooner than later. Why put your name for it once again for this position? Yeah, if I, if I had to place money, I would, I would definitely say sooner than later. But uh, yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, last time we ran, uh, you know, obviously I it didn't come out on top. Uh, you know, we did, uh, I did finish second place uh, in the polls. Uh, so I think there, you know, there there is something, I think, in the writing. And I think more and more folks are interested in, uh, you know, looking for alternatives to the current liberal conservative dichotomy we have uh, in our federal government. Uh, and, you know, and I, I, I think there is a real appetite for change. And I think there's a lot of ground we can make in that, uh, you know, and um, for me, it's just, you know, I, I, I was kind of contemplating the idea in my head going back and forth. Now, nah, you know, should I, you know, I'm still in school. Should I, you know, let someone else take over the reins? But uh, no, I, I figured I couldn't just sit around and I had to, you know, I had to, had to step up again. So. Here I am. <laughs> so before we get into some policy questions and what you're hearing at the doorsteps, I pose this question to party politicians because I want to hear from them what they believe is the answer to this. And I always find it interesting whenever they tell what their opinion and in, in their own words of what it is. But in your own words, describe to the people who are listening, to the watchers who are watching this right now, what is the NDP and what do they stand for in your own words? So the NDP is a party that uh, uh, was founded a few decades ago. Uh, you know, originally, of course, we had the CCF with Tommy Douglas. Uh, and it was really the, the dawn of a new sort of movement. We've had this uh, liberal conservative dichotomy in our federal government for um, since the existence of Canada. And, uh, and this was essentially a movement to say, you know what, we could do a little better than that. Uh, you know, so it's a progressive party. Uh, it's a party that pushes for uh, uh, mainly social democratic uh, uh, vision, uh, you know, policies that uh, uh, we believe will help all Canadians, uh, not just those at the top, uh, you know, and it's about, um, it, 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 it's essentially, you know, it's a, it's a party that uh, 
the main focus is about building a better tomorrow. Uh, you know, I, I, I sort of quote uh, from Tommy Douglas when he said, um, courage, my friends, tis not too late to build a better world. And I think that uh, that line right there for me personally sums up the NDP. Have you always been an NDP supporter or because when I talk to politicians, they can say, hey, I started as liberal, I started as conservative, but now I ended up here because I find that my ideals and my alignments are better served in this party. For you, was it always the NDP as the first choice? Well, you know, as as a young guy myself, uh, sort of a whippersnapper in politics, I, uh, uh, you know, can't say <laughs> have too many years of uh, voting to uh, pull from. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, I was in uh, grade 11 when the 2015 uh federal election happened and we had the election of Justin Trudeau and the liberals. And at the time I, I was, uh, you know, quite excited about that. I thought, you know, this is, uh, you know, in my lifetime, oh, this is, you know, cool new government, new guy in charge, you know, I wonder what they're going to do. And, uh, you know, I, I really liked some of what uh, they were talking about. What really started to turn me away from the liberals was when they went back on their promise on electoral reform uh, to reform our electoral system from first past the post. And, you know, ever since then, I kind of started, uh, you know, really reading into the policies and I found myself just aligning more with the NDP. You know, I, I feel as far as I've been interested in politics, I've been a progressive, uh, you know, somebody who believes we can do a little better for the middle class. We could do a little better for, uh, you know, working Canadians. And uh, so, yeah, I just kind of found myself aligning with the NDP. And what does being a progressive mean to you? Because you talked about what the NDP stand for and what you believe they are. Now, does that match up with what a progressive means to you? Because progressive is a word that is thrown around a lot lately. And it, whether it be a good thing from the, uh, the left or a terrible thing that you, if you are a progressive, you're, you're killing people and oh, you're a communist in the right. I'm paraphrasing here and I'm not yeah. saying that people could compare apples to oranges there, but in your own words, what does a progressive mean? Well, you know, for me, a progressive is somebody who essentially, uh, you know, if I were to boil it down uh, pretty simply, cause you're right, it is a very, you know, it's thrown around a lot and, and it is sort of a complex, you know, term. It's almost sort of, a, you could call it an umbrella term, but for me, a progressive is somebody who, you know, looks at the world, looks at their country, looks at the way things are going and thinks, you know what, we could be doing a little bit better on, uh, you know, economic issues and on social issues. We could be doing more for more folks uh, and essentially, you know, saying, you know, we don't have to continue the way we've always been doing things of, uh, you know, yesteryear. We can, um, oh, you know, we can we can move in a different direction, uh, a direction that's uh, more inclusive, uh, both in social issues and economic issues. So I suppose for me that 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 kind of boils down what a progressive is. And, and thank you for answering that, because I, I love hearing from candidates themselves about well, things that are on the minds and the mouths of the people who they're voting for them. And I think that is one thing that the people want to know is in in your own words, what do things mean? And that term progressive is thrown around a lot. So I'm very happy that you're able to answer it. Um, I want to talk about the leader here for a second, because he recently just made a tour through Alberta. Uh, he stopped here in Calgary, especially in Calgary Skyview, uh, the riding that I'm currently re residing in. And then he made a trip up to Edmonton, which uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, via social media, you were at uh, an event of his. How is Jugmeet 
playing to the people of Alberta. What are you hearing from the people of Alberta when it comes to your leader? Because the leader is the most important part of a political organization. And if they don't play well, they're not going to do well. So what are you hearing from people and how was his tour uh, uh, received from the people of Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, but also Edmonton people as well? Well, you know, it, it's been very interesting sort of following, uh, you know, Jagmeet Singh as a leader, uh, you know, first got elected a few years ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we've seen a real, you know, change in attitude. There was sort of always this, you know, uh, caution about him. Oh, you know, uh, you know, NDP best stay away from him. Uh, but I feel I, I, I feel he's really done. I mean, this is going to sound cliche, but I really do feel he's done a great job of changing a lot of folks' hearts and minds, uh, especially around here. Uh, you know, people like folks are really looking for something else. You know, they they people don't like Justin Trudeau. I can understand that. Um, and, uh, you know, but they're they're not too happy with the provincial conservative, uh, United Conservative government. And, uh, you know, Aaron O'Toole and Jason Kenney are obviously good friends. So they're not totally sold on him either. And uh, so I think a lot of folks are looking for somebody else. And I think Jugmeet, you know, doing that tour, going out and talking to people, you know, especially in Edmonton, in Calgary, I think it was very important. And, um, you know, I, I think we may very well see uh, – Heather McPherson at Edmonton Strathcona not be the only NDP MP elected. Uh, you know, he was saying actually at that event, um, you know, he was going through Calgary, he heard some people shouting at him from a balcony and he thought, ah, you know, it's probably just, you know, negative stuff. But then they realized, oh no, they're actually, these guys are supporting us, you know, just these, you know, people up there. Oh, hey, you know, um, and I, I think there's a lot of folks that are starting to feel that way towards him and towards the party. Now, what are you hearing from the people of Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan? Um, you are obviously canvassing. It might be a little bit more different than in 2019 due to the ongoing pandemic, and you're trying to keep everyone safe. But what are you hearing from the people of your riding that makes you think, hey, you know what? There is that change attitude that you talked about, that people are sick and tired of the same old, same old of the Conservative Party, just running a candidate, getting in and then just going off to Ottawa. What are you hearing? Well, you know, it's, it's been fascinating kind of comparing talking to people between 2019 and, you know, what we're doing right now. Because... Um, uh, you know, when we, we go around and talk to people, you know, 2019, it's sort of, you know, you, you might find a supporter, you know, kind of almost like a, you know, needle in a haystack. Um, whereas now I'm finding, you know, there's a lot of folks who uh, are very least open minded to the idea of the NDP. You know, the people we've we've had a couple of years now of uh, the United Conservative Party and Jason Kenney and, uh, you know, my Lord, uh, has he not made people happy? And that's uh, just with the constant cuts, the you know, to our public services and just, you know, this failure to create the jobs he promised Albertans. And, um, you know, I think people, they're, they're looking for something else. And, uh, you know, the more I talk to people, the more I see, you know, people, oh, you know, I actually, I, I might be voting orange this time. I don't usually vote orange, but I might, you know, I might check you out this time. Um, you know, and the other part to it, especially here in the riding, I think they're, there's been sort of a response, I find, you know, and more and more people uh, looking at our own MP, uh, Mr. Garnet Jenis, um, and some of the votes he's taken recently. I mean, he was the only MP in the House of Commons to block a motion to call on the Catholic Church to apologize uh, for its role in the residential school system. Uh, you know, he was the only MP that did that, uh, you know, as if that's too tall of an order. And that's that's not where people want our MP to be doing. That's not, uh, you know, this is, I mean, this whole thing with the residential schools, like people are mortified. This is, 
we, we still are finding more and more bodies of children that frankly, you know, many indigenous communities already knew were there, but, uh, um, but yeah, so I, I, I think there's a real uh, desire for a new kind of representative who actually is going to represent the, the values, the open-minded values of the riding and not just their own ideological agenda. Now, I, I do want to pick up on that vote that you just mentioned, because this is a great thing about the show is I let the guests dictate the way that the interview is going to go. I will follow up with questions that you ha- uh, you state, but uh, I will follow up with uh, some of the statements that you make. And I want to make sure that I don't let this one go by. You talked about that vote about uh, asking the church to apologize. Now, uh, Mr. the MP did come back and say that, hey, they did apologize. The papal did apologize back in 2000 when it was Pope Benedict. Uh, uh, he did apologize. So why is it so important? Do you believe that we do have another apology or was the apology that Mr. Uh, Garnet Guinness is talking about not sufficient enough? Well, there was well, there there were two parts to that motion. So there was first a call for a papal apology um, from the current administration uh, in the Vatican, uh, but then secondly, there was also an agreed amount of money to be paid uh, as uh, a degree of restitution for what was done in the residential schools. And that that money still is yet to be paid, um, and you, you know there. When you have, I mean, uh, you you know, you look at uh, the other religious organizations that were involved. I mean, they've been very, many have been very vocal uh, in the recent events about uh, coming out and saying, look, on behalf of our institution, and look, we, you know, our current generation, we're not the ones that did it. But we can still say on behalf of the institution, this was a terrible thing and this is something we can't be repeating. And I think a lot of folks, you know, especially Catholics, you know, and really need to hear that from the Catholic Church. You know, I was raised a Catholic, uh, you know, it was a Catholic household. Um, and that's something that, you know, I hear from a lot of my family members and a lot of people I talk to is, look, we we need, you know, to get ahead of this. We need to, you know, really address this currently uh, as we're finding this stuff out. And yeah, you like, you know, you have various members in the church, you know, various uh, uh uh, you know, bishops and uh, priests and cardinals who've uh, who've called out and said, "Look, yes, this is absolutely something we need to do." Um, so, yeah, I, I I think that you know, simply a motion to ask for an apology and for this payment was not too tall of an order. And you know, apparently, every other no other MP uh, felt this was too tall of an order, except for uh, the one representing our riding, unfortunately. Now, are there other votes that have uh, the the current MP made in the last term? And let's just go back to 2019, because let's be honest, uh, if we looked at his whole record, we could be here for a while and we're more talking about you and the writing and what you're hearing at the door. Are there other votes that he has made in the last two years that the people of Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan say, you know what, he did not vote the way that he should have because I do not believe that this is the case. And I know we talked about the residential school apology one, but what other votes that he has made has your uh, the people of your writing a little peeved at him? Uh, well, definitely the recent vote that was taken on Bill C-6, that was the uh, supposed to be the federal ban on conversion therapy. Um you know, and this was something he not only voted against this, uh, he participated in an effort to filibuster it in Parliament. Uh, you know, he 
produced this uh, well, it's essentially a propaganda video about a year ago um, on his YouTube channel, which uh, you know they shared around, uh, which it, it seems he may or may not have used public funds to produce, but that's a, that's a whole other matter. Um, you know, there is, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like there's a lot of folks, we have a lot of LGBTQ plus members of this riding here. You know, a lot of people uh, I know who I talk to in various organizations that like, look, this is outrageous. Uh, you know, folks do not agree with the outdated, discredited practice of conversion therapy. And, you know, here in Alberta, we've seen at least seven municipalities across the province, including Edmonton and Calgary, uh, I've already banned it. So, I mean, the idea that this is some, um, you know, radical out there I, I, agenda is just ridiculous to me. And I think it's ridiculous to a lot of folks here. And, you know, look, yeah. and I, I, oh, sorry. No, no, continue on because I thought you were done there, but continue on. I, I was just going to throw it on at the end there. Like, you know, look, it's, you know, and obviously I don't want to just, you know, sit here and bash, uh, you know, Garnet. Um, you know, you know, something I prided myself in 2019 was uh, being able to run and, you know, focus on my own policies and, you know, not, you know, get into the weeds. But I think when we get into especially some of this, you know, the, the socially quite regressive stuff, there is some stuff that's just beyond the pale, I think. And, you know, at a certain point, you kind of got to call a spade a spade. Now, I want to talk about that, because uh, not, not a spade a spade, but I want to talk about <laughs> you as the next MP. You will have to represent the people of Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, even the people who don't agree with you. You will have some people come to you and say, I need something addressed because it is my belief. I, I, I'm not I'm just picking out something right now because this is the way it is. C6. So someone might come up to you and say, Bill C6 shouldn't pass because I do not believe that we should ban conversion therapy because it might hurt my child if they can't go get help. And again, again, I'm the member of the LGBTQ plus community. So I am not saying this, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Um, how do you rep how do you see yourself representing all of your constituents and not just the people who voted for you? Because let's be honest, we've gotten into a time of divisive politics where it's either you vote for me and you get your way or you don't vote for me and I've ignored you. So how do you envision yourself working with all constituents? Well, definitely. And, you know, and of course, uh, every writing is going to have a uh, diverse range of opinions. And rightly so. I mean, that is what's healthy for a healthy democracy. Um, you know, I, one of the things um, that I think representatives need to do is we still got to be talking to folks, you know, who look, you know, these folks, we are there to represent them. And, uh, you know, we got to talk to them. And, you know, as far as that, you know, scenario, of course, um, you know, I might, uh, you know, recommend that, you know, I might talk to them like, OK, so, you know, why do you feel this way? And, you know, and maybe we could, uh, you know, kind of clear the air on that and see if we could find some common ground uh, on that issue. Um, you know, one of the people, well, actually the, the person who I've taken my inspiration from uh, was my former MLA here in Fort Saskatchewan, uh, Jessica Littlewood. Uh, now she, she did a fantastic job of um, representing all her constituents, whether or not they voted for her. You know, I mean, she has talked to countless people who came into her office, you know, absolutely livid with her. Uh, but he was able to look, you know, uh, talk to them and say, hey, you know, like, here's, I, I, I hear where you're coming from and uh, find some common ground. And she did a fantastic job of, uh, I think, building relationships with a lot of folks who may not have politically agreed with her. And so so I think that's, you know, that's the kind of representative we need. Um, and I think when it comes to, 
you know, the ideological social issues. I mean, we're always going to have, you know, our areas of disagreement. Uh, I, I do think Mr. Jenis has uh, in many ways failed to represent. I, I do believe this is a very open minded writing. And, and as such, I, I, it, it seems to me, at least recently, that Mr. Jenis has uh, prioritized more his own ideology over representing the um, the, the broader views of the writing. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, so I, I would strive to be the kind of representative that really does talk to people and look, it's not about party lines. It's about uh, representing the people at home at the end of the day. Now you didn't want to get into the weeds, but I feel like I need to ask this question because uh, misconceptions about parties is a big thing that is happening to, in today's world. We have party politics that is flinging anything that they can at certain parties. Let's talk about the NDP's misconceptions that are out there right now. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong, but the NDP is not a anti-oil and gas party, correct? They are not, no. How do you uh, continue on before you go? I want to ask this follow up question. What is your party's position and what is your position on the oil and gas sector in Alberta, but as a country as a whole? Yeah. And so, you know, there there is sort of an unfortunate uh, stigma around the NDP, uh, you know, and it's around various other parties. You mainly see uh, certainly the conservatives like to, you know, throw uh, throw mud in the direction, say, well, you're you know, you're against Alberta, Alberta, the Alberta economy. The, the thing about it is, is we need to be defending our industrial heartland um, here in Alberta. But standing up for our, indus, uh, our energy sector doesn't mean just keeping things the way they always were. We need it, it, it. It's not a luxury. It's a fact. We need to diversify our economy here in Alberta. You know, that means growing our energy sector. That means, uh, you know, facilitating the growth of other renewable energy industries. Uh, you know, we like a solar, geothermal, hydrogen. I mean, these are all things that very much have a future in our economy. And so we got to be those are where the jobs are going to be. Uh, and so the NDP has a very ambitious plan uh, to create a great deal of jobs in those sectors uh, by facilitating growth and by investing in training programs uh, so that more and more of these jobs can uh, be easily accessible. Um, but obviously, this is, you know, diversifying our economy and, uh, you know, slowly moving towards uh, renewable energy as a, a broader industry is not going to happen overnight. We still got to be defending our workers here in Alberta. You know, and the Alberta NDP, I think, did a fantastic job of uh, doing just that, of advocating for the interests of uh, our oil and gas workers. And, um, you know, you think we, the we have liberals to- have done a good enough job to defend the people, defend the workers, because you, you, in our, your opening statement, when I asked you about the NDP, you said that the party is for the workers, the working people, not the uh, millionaires and the billionaires, but the working people. Do you believe that the Liberal Party, and I know you're a representative of the NDP, have done a good enough job over the last 12 months, 24 months since the last election during this pandemic to represent that? And how would the NDP have done differently to help the workers in those industries over the last 24 months? 
Uh, well, I can say, uh, you know, first off, just to start about as far as what the NDP would do differently. Uh, well, what the NDP actually has done differently in their role as an opposition party uh, is leverage their power during the pandemic uh, to get help, not just for oil uh, workers in one sector, but for workers in general. Uh, you know, we got about CERB only through the NDP's negotiating with the Liberals, um, because originally the Liberals just wanted to extend EI, which would have left millions, millions of Canadians without any kind of helpline whatsoever. Uh, and so the NDP has been fighting that good fight. You know, they fought, uh, try to get uh, paid sick leave for workers on the federal level and on the provincial level too has been a, uh, a fight the NDP has been uh, taking on. Uh, so, I mean, getting paid sick leave, getting, uh, you know, better supports for workers, um, would be the focus of an NDP government. Now with the liberals, you know, one of the things we saw them do, uh, was cut a check, you know, uh, to all these major firms, you know, the major banks, uh, you know, and an emergency wage subsidy to uh, many companies down here. Now, the problem was many of these subsidies didn't have strings attached. And so what ended up happening was, I mean, look, you know, the, the idea behind the subsidies was wonderful. It was to try to keep people employed. It was to try to keep uh, things moving. Uh, but that didn't end up happening. What ended up happening was this money was used for increasing executive pay. It was used, um, you, you know, you, you saw it put into corporate stock buyback. Uh, meanwhile, workers were still getting laid off, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, positions were getting downsized. I know many people who work in a lot of these companies who struggled with that, you know, bonuses were cut, um, you know, and so it was almost this, uh, you know, reverse Robin Hood. I mean, you know, you have taxpayer money uh, just going straight to corporate executives, but we're, you know, the people, the workers aren't actually getting any returns on that. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think the liberals have done enough. I think the, the NDP is frankly, the party of uh, workers, union workers. And uh, yeah. So while there is no platform released yet, because usually platforms are released during an election, if the NDP form government next election, the recovery, the post pandemic recovery will have to be top priority. How do you envision working with all parties, because let's be honest, even if you're a majority or a minority, you will have to work with all parties. You try to work with all parties, I should say, because sometimes that doesn't work because some people like to play, I'm in high school and I'd rather fuss about something than work with somebody else who differs from me. How do you envision working with all parties to ensure that all Canadians recover from this pandemic properly and no one gets left behind because that is the biggest concern that a lot of people have right now is while we are coming out of this pandemic, and yet again, we're still not completely out of it. I might be left behind because I'm I'm a so I'm a business owner. I'm a small business owner. I'm a sole proprietor of a business. I'm a line cook at KFC. How do you ensure everyone gets their fair shot at post recovery? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, and uh, as I said before, so I think the NDP, you know, even just as an opposition party did a pretty effective job at leveraging its power now as government, of course. And, uh, you know, we often hear the term build back better get thrown around. Um, but of course, it's not always clear what that uh, really means. Uh, you know, especially we hear from uh, Justin Trudeau throw that term around a lot. And, 
you know, he seems to change his mind on a lot about what that actually means for Canadians. But um, but no, I, like I think, uh, you know, that finding that common ground is something that, uh, you know, the NDP leadership has done a great job, uh, you know, even again, just getting served for Canadians. And so moving forward, uh, you know, a lot of the things like you mentioned yourself as a small business owner, um, you know, that's something you worry about. Like, am I going to be getting left behind here? And that's what big focus of the NDP. You know, they uh, brought out a uh, they've been pushing for more supports on the federal level for small businesses. Um, you know, we often hear I mean, you know, the conservatives and the liberals always talk about small businesses. But at the end of the day, who are they mainly benefiting? I mean, who when they you know cut corporate tax rates for large corporate firms, who is that really benefiting? It's not the little small business owner. Um, it's these massive corporate firms, it's Amazon, it's Walmart, um, you know, it's companies such as these. And so uh, the NDP's approach would be to say, look, let's, hey, you guys talk about supporting small businesses. Well, we got some ideas right here for how we're going to do that, how we're going to stimulate growth uh, on the local level, you know, and how we can invest in local communities. And so I think just fi- trying to find that common ground uh, is the key to uh, moving forward and, you know, actually building back better for people. Can you give an example in your life when you would have to work with someone with opposing views where you were able to say, you know what, while we differ on opinions, I, we need to work together for a better common uh, goal because as the next MP for the riding, you will have to do that. You will have to work with everyone. And I need to know that you have experience doing that because you mentioned beforehand, you're a student and people who are listening to this, who are watching this might go, he has a, he's a student. He doesn't have any real life experience where you might. And I would love to hear what real life experience you have to better serve the people of Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan. Well, definitely. And, um, you know, it's, uh, of course, I may be young in uh, this, but, uh, you know, I do have one election cycle under my belt. So I do have a little bit of experience in this. Now, as far as working with people with opposing views, you know, um, firstly, just, uh, you know, talking to folks on the doorstep and actually finding that common ground has been a, it's been a fascinating experience, but it's been one that's been very rewarding. You know, people who may totally disagree with me on, uh, you know, certain issues, but we find common ground on others. And it's like, look, you know, if, you know, this is what I'm pushing for, this is what, you know, these guys are pushing for. Um, you know, you, you may want to consider parking your vote with the NDP. And, you know, I got, uh, you know, many people who actually were willing to say, take a sign or, you know, take a little campaign button of, of mine. Um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got a few, you've got a few. Um, you know, I even, uh, uh, one of my former uh, political rivals, actually, uh, Mr. Ron Thiering, who uh, ran for the Liberals last time, um, we uh, actually had him on uh, the McCune NDP. I'm involved in the my university's NDP club. And uh, we were starting a podcast and it was kind of uh, my job to host and manage it. And uh, I brought him on for an interview and talk about provincial politics and say, look, on the provincial level, here's where we agree. And, you know, this is what we got to do you know this is you know we're working together here and so um so yeah i do have a bit of experience working with folks uh from different political colors and different viewpoints towards common Uh, goal i just want to make sure that we are cautious of time here because i like i said we want to make sure that you have other things to do today and we uh, get all the questions that i have but for my listeners and to my viewers we are on with sherwood park fort saskatchewan ndp candidate uh, Aiden Tiro. Yes, that's right. Tiro. I have made sure I've been able to pronounce it correctly. Uh, Aiden, I, I want to talk about uh, the 
one of the biggest things that Albertans have disagreed with this current uh, government, with current federal government, um, which is a tax on carbon. This is a issue around climate change and an issue around the the potential protection of our uh, environment here in Canada, but also around the world. Uh, The issue around price on carbon has been a misconception, whether it be a good one or a bad one. It is what they people believe. I want to get from your opinion, where does the NDP stand on pricing carbon? So the NDP uh, would be in favor of, at least for the time being, uh, some form of carbon pricing, uh, you know, say a tax um, that uh, can be used to incentivize growth in renewable energy industries and that actually invest that money and make, reinvest the uh, the retained money that's not rebated, although most of it is rebated. Uh, it's the one thing that uh, a lot of conservatives tend to leave out is most of it, uh, you know, and for most people, you do get that money back at the end of tax season. But uh, uh, for the NDP's position is, you, you know, that percent that is retained would need to be reinvested uh, into actually creating jobs. You know, we want to move toward a point where that wouldn't even be necessary. I mean, the interesting thing about the carbon tax, it was originally actually conservative think tank idea. Uh, you know, it was essentially a compromise idea um, uh, towards other solutions uh, for climate change. I mean, the fact of the matter is uh, we're just running out of time to, you know, not even just with the environment, although obviously, yes, with that, but with our economy, we got to get things diversified. We, you know, we got to catch up. We have a changing uh, global energy market. Uh, now, as far as me personally on the carbon tax, frankly, I agree. I don't want a federal carbon tax. What would have been better is if we had stuck with a provincial carbon tax for the actual government of Alberta. Uh, can Albertans can decide how that money is reinvested, how we're actually helping the people here in the province instead of shipping that money off to Ottawa. Uh, you know, and we had that under the Alberta NDP. Uh, but then, of course, Jason Kenney uh, said, well, we're going to get rid of it, knowing full well that the feds had said, any province that didn't have a carbon provincial carbon tax would be uh, uh, listed under the federal one. But still, Kenny went along with that, uh, got rid of the provincial one, and lo and behold, now we just have a new one where instead of being controlled by Alberta, it's controlled by Ottawa. Um, are you hearing? Are you hearing about this issue at the doorstep uh, when you're talking to people that whether it be the uh, price on carbon being too high? Because that means inflation is going to happen. Prices are going to go up on the in the grocery stores at the gas pumps. Are you hearing about this issue, or and what are you hearing from the residents of Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan around this? Because when I talk to people, it can be double edged. Hey, we need it, like you just said, and then you hear the "I don't want it" because it's making everything too expensive to do uh, uh, live now. What are you hearing? Well, you know, I've talked to a, a few folks that have brought this up, um, less than actually I may have expected uh, and less compared so to 2019, um, because I think, frankly, people have other priorities uh, right now with the wake of COVID-19. You know, people are concerned about our healthcare system and especially what our provincial go- conservative government is doing to it. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of folks, that's where their priorities are mainly lying. That's, you know, I talked to a lot of folks about that. But of course, you still have the issue of carbon pricing. And for me, it comes down to, you know, all the major parties 
uh, do support a form of carbon pricing. Now, the Conservatives' plan, well, nobody's quite sure exactly how that's going to work. It's a uh, they they found the de- they found the Oxford dection- dictionary definition of tax and said, okay, well, see, our idea is technically not a tax. It's a tax. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and so talking kind of about their plan, and it's like, you know, look, either we could have a uh, a straightforward uh, carbon pricing, temporary carbon pricing plan that, uh, you know, can help our economy, can, you know, help incentivize growth uh, in renewable energy, you know, or we could have a, what, frankly, in my opinion, Aaron O'Toole's would be a absolute bureaucratic mess. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this one makes more sense then. Um, so, you know, that, that that's that's kind of what we end up talking about. I mean, look, again, it's, you know, the, the, the ideal end goal would be to move towards a place where we don't really need a uh, carbon tax uh, or any kind of carbon pricing uh, uh, method um, when our economy is properly diversified and uh, you know we're moving things in the right direction here and across the problem uh, excuse me across the country Aiden uh, yet again we're coming up to that 40 minute mark and I want to get this question in um, I want you to put your hat on here for a second and uh, you are the officially the MP elect for Sherwood Park Fort Saskatchewan what is priority number one for you uh, well, priority number one is, uh, frankly, getting advocating and pushing for a public pharmacare system uh, and other changes to our public uh, system. You know, we need a we need to get the profit motive out of out of our long term care system. And so there's a few of these, you know, uh, priorities that I think a lot of folks uh, are really focused on right now. Uh, that would be my number one goal. It's like, look, we got to. We, we got to get this through, I mean, especially with pharmacare. I mean, my goodness, we're the only country uh, that has a public health care system but does not cover pharmaceuticals. It also we just also just happen to be the uh, only country or excuse me, the third uh, highest uh, charged country for our prescription drugs in the world. This is just unacceptable, especially after we're coming out of a pandemic. You know, we got to be, uh, y- you know, this is just seems to be a common sense policy. It's something the liberals have promised time and time again, but never fall through. In fact, we they had we had a vote recently. The NDP put forward a motion uh, for a uh, pharmacare national plan that the most liberal caucus voted down. Uh, so that would be my number one priority is really pushing for that. Uh, you know, it, it's my belief. You know, we have Jason Kenney who wants to shrink our provincial public health care system. My belief is the way we strengthen our public health, our health care system is not by chasing doctors and nurses out of the province. It's by growing our system, by strengthening it, by making sure more people are covered. People have access to their pharmaceuticals. That's going to cut down waits time. It's emergency rooms. Um, and so that, I think that's where my first priority would be. Awesome. Awesome. Um, in order to do that, in order to get to priority one, you need to be elected. So yeah, I want to take, yeah. I want you to take a few minutes and talk to the people of uh, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and tell them exactly why you should be their next representative in Ottawa. Go ahead. Well, firstly, my name is Aiden Tiro. I'm running for the NDP for Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan. Now, I'm obviously a young face. Um, but I do have a couple. I do have one election cycle under my belt, and I think for the the reason I should be the next member of parliament 
is because I think I would represent a new kind of representative for our riding. You know, away from the same old, same old conservative MPs, representatives, we need people in there who understand that the economy needs to be diversified, who understand that we need policies to support all Canadians, all Albertans, not just those at the top. We need an MP who is open-minded, who puts empathy above fundamentalism. I believe I'm the one to do that. And I believe that my youth does give me some fresh experience, some fresh ideas uh, about how to get that done. Now, obviously, and we're not all going to agree on everything. That's just the nature of having a healthy democracy. But I really do think a new kind of representative, somebody from a new party with new ideas, who's not a career politician, who's coming into this simply as a normal guy, I'm not from a political family. I just want to hear from people and I want to do what I think is the right thing to, for this riding and frankly for this country. And so I hope you would consider me for your next MP. Um, with a impending election within the next few weeks, few months, let's say a few days, who knows, um, you will need volunteers. You will need donations. You will need people to help you canvas. How can people get involved in your campaign? How can people reach out, learn more about you? Well, firstly, uh, one thing, if you just want to learn more about me, follow with the campaign. Now, you can follow any of my social media. Uh, it's just my name on Twitter. Um, you can find me uh, my public uh, campaign page on Facebook. That's Aiden Tiro for Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan. And uh, you can message the page privately, say, hey, you know, I, I'm interested in getting involved. And, you know, we're looking for people, uh, you know, now not everybody, you know, necessarily wants to go on the doors or do phone calls, but anything helps, even just, you know, getting people uh, some address is uh, for signs, you know, getting some people to put down signs. That stuff is invaluable. Um, and so, you know, if you want to show up to any of our events, we're going to be doing a few events, um, you know, please, by all means, uh, you know, this is a very open campaign. We want to involve as many people as we can in this movement. And so, please, I really want to hear from you. I want to talk to you. Um, for those who are listening and to my viewers who are watching right now, uh, the links to Aiden's Facebook page, Twitter, and to the NDP's website where you can potentially donate, uh, get involved, I'm assuming as well, are linked in the show notes. So I highly recommend that you go out if you're in Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, check it out because this election is going to be the election that is the future of Canada. We are in a post-pandemic world and we need strong voices. So if you believe that Aiden is the next uh, strong voice for Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, click on those links, get involved, reach out. I highly recommend it. Aiden, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Um, I feel like we've just scratched the surface, but I hope people do get involved and reach out to your campaign. Thank you so much, Chris. And thank you so much for having me on. And thank you so much for what you're doing with this show. I mean, I think it's, you know, as you were mentioning earlier, things are getting too divisive. We need just conversations. We need in-depth conversations, not 15 second sound bites. And uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing, man. The Ballot Box is part of the Cross Border Interview Podcast and is produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated.